my only sunshine. You make me happy when skies are gray. You never know, dear, how much I love you. So please don't take my sunshine away. You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. You make me happy when skies are gray. precious that is to have children sing about moms and just how much you mean to us and you really are uh, the sunshine to your children. And so thank you, thank you, thank you for that. Thank you to the Hopetown Children's Ministry and all that they do to bless our church. Hey, happy Mother's Day. So thankful that you are with us today, and um, we're going to transition now to a time of offering, giving unto the Lord His tithes and our offerings. Thank you for those of you who are helping us spread hope and holiness around the world. Uh, thank you on behalf of the staff. Thank you on behalf of Christ and His church. Uh, so many of you have just been embodying such generosity during these days, and the message of hope in the gospel continues to go out. And I just want to encourage you to go online, newhopechurch.org forward slash give or newhopechurch.org homepage. Click on the give button in the top right hand corner and uh, you can partner with us. You can also text uh, NH Movement to 77977. NH Movement to 77977. Follow the prompts, figure out your tithe, click reoccurring and uh, then rest easy knowing that you are stewarding over your resources to the glory and the honor of God. Hey, I shot a video this week. I'd imagine most of you saw that video. It's a lot longer uh, than I have time to share today, but it was my way to encourage and challenge us as a church to continue to take a staunch stand against racism bigotry, uh, systemic injustices, and all of those things that seem to be wrapped up in the brutal killing of Ahmaud Aubrey in Georgia. Thankfully, the dad and the son have been arrested. I am praying justice will come in that situation. I'm asking you to join me in praying for the family, praying for our country. As I said so many times during the Grace series, that series that, that I tried to teach on racism, um, 
They might have killed the dreamer, but the dream still lives on. And I'm talking about the dream of Dr. King, where we will live in a nation uh, where one is not judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character and that we can truly love one another. And you know, this is why what we do is so important. This is why uh, we should always be grateful that God has uniquely positioned us and ordained us and called us to be a multi-ethnic church uh, to show the world um, that we can really and truly love and honor and serve one another regardless of skin color. So um, I'm thankful for new, you, New Hope. I'm thankful uh, for who we are as a church. And I pray that we will never cease to call sin, sin. And that is what it is. Um, hey, today, uh, through technology, we are bringing Shari King from her hometown into all of our homes. And you will remember Shari from the XO Marriage Conference. She is a gifted author and speaker, and uh, she's going to bring a great word, not just for moms. So if you're not a mom, don't just feel you know, jet and leave, click off. No, she is a great teacher, and uh, she's going to be leading us today. And when the worship celebration is over, I'll come back out and say a few words. But thank you, Shari, for joining us, and uh, we consider you a partner with us, and just so honored that you would come and be with us today. God bless. Thank you so much, Pastor, for introducing me today. I'm so excited to be with your church and to be bringing the message today. But because it's Mother's Day, I thought we should stop for just a second so you guys can meet my family. So my husband and my two kids are going to come out. <laughs> well, and my dog. <laughs> so um, this is my husband, Clayton. Hello. This is Joseph. Hey. This is our dog, Theo. And this is my other son, Jacob. And I just wanted you guys to kind of see them so that as we're talking today, I feel like a mom and I feel like a person while you're there in your home. <laughs> you are <laughs> so, a person. <laughs> yes. Welcome to my family and to my home. Hey, Ma sorry. Happy Mother's Day. We haven't Thank told you. you that yet. Seriously. Happy Mother's happy Day. Happy Mother's Day. Thank mom. you. And you're the best mom ever. It's true. He's speaking, he's speaking facts. Why is she the best mom ever, Jacob? <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, I mean, why not? She does everything for us. She taught us forever. She was a great encourager. She cooks for us. You do everything, really. Jojo, mm -hmm. why is she the best mom ever? Same thing as him. Um, she's always there for us, and she, her love for us, she's never, like, I, I've never seen the end of it. So, Aww. yeah. She's such a great role model. Yeah. Thanks, you guys. You're the best. Thank you for being the best wife, too. I mean, every day's wife day in our family. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. Not for me. Well, I no, mean, they're <laughs> not married. <laughs> All right. Well, it was so good. Thanks, you guys, for coming in here and saying hi. Um, I hope you guys appreciated that. But if y'all want to get out, we're going to get on with the message. Happy <laughs> Mother's Day. I know that this is a different Mother's Day for all of us. It's a Mother's Day to go down in history where we're all at home with our families, and that might feel a little bit different. I know when I was a little girl, I remember getting up and getting to go to church with my mom and my grandma. My grandma usually had a little flower pinned on her dress, and my grandfather usually escorted her in. Um, me and my mom and my brother all went with my grandparents to church 
we had on our Sunday best. We were all taking pictures. And then afterwards, we would go out to dinner. Restaurants were full. People were traveling from all over to celebrate their moms. But today is a little bit different, and we're kind of all at home. And I'm sure we all don't know what to do right now. But I want to let you know that doesn't mean that we can't celebrate Mother's Day with our moms. So right now I'm sitting with my family and I'm celebrating with my two boys. My mom's far away, but I'm going to send her something. I'm going to send her a little reminder that I love her. I'm also going to try to uh, ask Alexa to call my grandma. That's always a funny moment for me because my grandma is 97 years old and she loves Alexa, but she can't really hear me that much. So I'm going to call her on Mother's Day and tell her thank you so much for being such a great grandma to me. She has a giant family. She always brags on all the 60 family members that we have. And so we can still celebrate from far away. And I'm excited about that. Some of you, maybe, you're not used to being at home as a family all the time. And so this may be a difficult Mother's Day for you because all these feelings are kind of erupting inside you. Maybe you've been around your kids a little too much. You didn't expect to serve as a homeschool mom and then also work as well. And so maybe you kind of wish your kids um, could go somewhere else for a little while and then come back so that you could feel more happy about this Mother's Day. Or maybe you're a mom that didn't get to spend a lot of time with your kids before we were quarantined into our homes and you're savoring every moment right now. Maybe you're a grandma who's had to take your grandkids in and serve as a mom for a little while because your daughter is a single mom or maybe um, there's two working people in a family and they just have to keep working right now in order to survive. So we're all in different situations and I just want us to all come together and figure out how to celebrate this Mother's Day while we feel separated. So before we get on with the message, I want to invite you to do something with me. I want to celebrate right now together. So if you're in a room with your mom right now, I want you to think about something great that you could encourage her with. Maybe you could tell her something encouraging um, about how hard she's working or how much you notice her. Or maybe there's a favorite memory that you have of the two of you guys together. I would love for you to just talk about that and take a minute to just encourage your mom. If you're at home and your mom is not at home with you and she is far away, maybe just think about, do I have on my phone my favorite picture of me and my mom? And send that to her really fast and just maybe text her a little message that you appreciate and love her. Maybe your mom likes handwritten notes or your grandma does. And so you could just take out a piece of stationery later on and write her a letter, maybe send her a picture. I don't know what she would prefer, but we're gonna take just a minute right now to take time to encourage our moms and then we're gonna come back for the message. Well moms, today is your day. It's a day to say thank you for loving us, caring for us and guiding us. It's a day to recognize all you do and all you are to us. Your perfect, wonderful, amazing children. Thanks for all the early mornings and for taking care of the things we take for granted. Thanks for never giving up on us, even when we stress you out. 
Thanks for making sure we have what we need and for giving us your heart even when you're sick and tired. Thanks for working hard even when we're a handful and for loving us unconditionally when our attitude is anything but lovable. You're our everything, Mom, and we'd be a mess without you. Today, we thank God for the wonderful gift of you. Happy Mother's Day. All right, so we're back. We're going to go on in and we're going to celebrate Mother's Day. So what I know as a mom right now is that this is one of the most challenging times for moms in our country. I actually went on my social media feed and I was asking moms what they needed right now. And most of them were like, I just need someone to tell me that I'm doing a good job. I feel like I'm going crazy at home. And so I want to take a minute and tell you, you're doing a good job. This isn't going to last forever. This is a certain season in our lives and it will pass too. But I want to, I want to pull in one of my favorite figures in the Bible. His name is Moses. And he was presented with a giant challenge that he never thought he would have. And that's why the title of this message is called Moms and Moses. We're going to talk a little bit about what kind of commonalities Moses has with us as moms. And believe it or not, there are a lot, but we're going to talk about two specific ones. Now, let me give you a little bit history about Moses in case you don't know him. Moses was... Um, an orphan when he was younger. His mom saved his life from this massive killing that was going on in Egypt. She put him in a basket and he floated downstream. Well, Pharaoh's family found Moses and rescued him from death. They brought him in and raised him. Well, when he got older, he realized that he wasn't an actual Egyptian. He wasn't born into Pharaoh's family. He was actually a Jew. And so he was trying to figure out um, a little bit more about his people. And when he realized the slavery, like all of the conditions that they were in and slavery, he was a little bit devastated, as I'm sure you would be too, if you saw your people being treated the way that he did. So what he did is he had this um, emotional reaction where he ended up killing one of the Egyptian slave owners who was mistreating an Israelite. And when he did, he was like the guy who everybody was chasing. He had committed a felony and Pharaoh was after him. So he ran to the desert. He ran away. He was scared and he had no one. But he found a family in the desert who took him in. Second time this has happened in his life. They loved him. He became a shepherd and he started living with them. And I bet right when he felt like his life was settled, God calls him to do this impossible task. He calls Moses. God speaks through a burning bush. And he says, Moses, my people are still in trouble. And I want you to be the one to go and rescue them. Now, I would be incredibly intimidated, first of all, to have God speaking to me through a bush, number one. But second of all, I would be even more intimidated to think that God would call me to rescue an entire nation from one of the most powerful nations on earth. So you've got this very normal man. All he, he's a shepherd. He takes care of sheep all day. And God says to him, I want you to go rescue my children. 
Here's two things I know about Moses right now. He does not feel like he has the experience and he probably doesn't feel like he has the energy to do this kind of task. And so he and God have a little bit of a conversation where Moses tells God all of the reasons why he is not the guy for the job. Exodus 3, 7-14 says, Then the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people in Egypt, and I have heard them crying out because of their oppressors. I know about their suffering, and I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and to bring them from that land to a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the territory of the Canaanites, the Hethites, the Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. So because the Israelites' cry for help has come to me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them, therefore go. I am sending you to Pharaoh so that you may lead my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses asked God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the Israelites out of Egypt? He answered, I will certainly be with you. And this will be the sign to you that I'm the one who sent you. When you bring the people out of Egypt, you will all worship God at this mountain. Then Moses asked God, If I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they asked me, What is his name? What should I tell them? And God replied to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent you. I've always kind of wondered, what does that mean? I am. I am who I am. I am sent you. It seems like kind of a crazy thing to tell a guy who you're sending to go rescue people from a giant nation. God could be possibly sending Moses to his death. And Moses is thinking to himself, I'm returning to a land where I killed someone. I'm returning to a land where I'm supposed to rescue a giant horde of people. And I am only one person. And I have no authority for this. And I have no experience for this. And all God's giving me is, I am? Like, is that even a name? So I think that for all of us, there are two things that we have in common with Moses. Number one, he didn't feel like he had the experience. And number two, he probably didn't feel like he had the energy. So I'm going to tell you a little bit of a story about myself One thing you probably don't know about me is that I majored in recreation management. So I was a rock climber. I was a caving instructor. I was a whitewater rafting guide. So you may not look at me and think that's my background or that those are things that I like. But four months after my husband and I got married, we had a chance to go to the Himalayas and do a backpacking expedition with medical supplies to unreached people groups. And I was super excited to do this, but I knew it would be hard. Well, let's fast forward just a bit. We're on the trip. We've been there for over a week. We've been hiking day in and day out, sleeping on the ground in tents, um, hiking up mountains as high as I've ever seen in my entire life. 
I get up one morning and I realize this is going to be the hardest day we've trekked the entire time. That day, we went to one peak that was 18,600 feet alone. It was the hardest day we had the entire trip. But I remember something that I had to do. As I was hiking up every mountain, when I was on the bottom, when I was in the valley looking up at the top of the mountain, I always told myself, there's no way I'm making it up this mountain. But I couldn't just wait there. It's not like a taxi was going to come by or I could just take a bus. We were in the middle of nowhere. So I had no choice other than to just start hiking step by step, breath by breath. I was taking steps up this mountain to conquer my greatest fear and my greatest, like biggest obstacle in front of me. But every time I got up one of these mountains, I would look from the top down and just think to myself, how did I do that? And it wasn't one big, huge miracle that came my way. It wasn't like God provided an elevator for me to like step in on the bottom and I pushed a button and I made it to the top. No, I just had to walk step by step and every breath by breath, I was just taking another step closer to the top. Well, the last mountain we climbed that day, or I thought was going to be the last mountain we climbed that day, we came to the bottom and there was this giant river. I was so ready to be done. It was dinner time. We'd been hiking all day. Our whole team thought this was the end for sure. So we took our boots off. We took our socks off. We put our blistered and bloody feet into the water. It felt so good. And I was like, we're done. Now all we need is our tents and a little bit of food and I'm going to bed. But the woman who led the trip walked straight past us and she said, I hope you don't get too comfortable because we have three more hours today. I was like, I don't have three hours left inside me. And I had no more food left. My husband had two crackers, which he offered me. I was so tired. I was so dehydrated. I was so hungry that the next mountain we went up, I literally got altitude sickness and almost fell off the mountain. My husband tried to grab me to keep me from falling, and I thought he was trying to pull me off and kill me. And so I (laughs) threw his hands off and I said, what are you trying to do? Kill me? I had completely lost my mind. And I thought, there's no way I can make it to the end of this trail. So they put me on a donkey. They pretty much tied me on there so I wouldn't fall off. And all I know is I pretty much passed out and the next day woke up at four in the evening thinking it was morning and thinking we were about to do a medical, like set up medical tents and have everyone there. I didn't think I was going to make it past that day. I have had many thoughts like that since I've been a mom. When I had my first child, the pregnancy was entirely difficult for me. I won't go into details, but all I remember is looking at my husband and saying, I don't ever want to do this again. And then when I had my first son, the labor was 23 hours long, and the first nine months, I was depressed and didn't know it. I had postpartum depression and had no clue. I beat myself up every day looking at all these other moms and thinking, Why do they love this and why can they do this so easily? And I'm struggling every day just to feel like I'm a good mom and like I can do this right now. 
I had that first son, and a few years later, I actually had another one. But after I had my second son, he had colic and acid reflux for nine months. I didn't sleep after I had him. And I was sick with him during my pregnancy the whole time. And this time I looked at my husband, I said, not again, please, just don't let me do this again. And we only have two, but I love my two. Well, here's here's two things that I know I have in common with Moses. Number one, when I had my kids, I didn't feel like I had the experience to be able to be a good mom. And every day, I think I didn't ever believe I had the energy to be a good mom or to even accomplish this thing, this goal that God had set in front of me to raise a human. And not only just to raise a human being and keep them from being keep them alive, but also to raise them in a way that I felt like that they would still love God. Look, that's one of my biggest challenges. We're a ministry family. You know, there's so many jokes about pastor's kids and missionary kids and how messed up they are and how they end up turning out to not love God at all. I had this big fear that I was going to mess my kids up, that just because we were in ministry, that that would automatically cause them not to want to have anything to do with God. And so I had so much fear in motherhood. What are your biggest fears right now? I know that maybe for you, staying home every day is the biggest challenge you've ever faced. I chose to homeschool my kids at one point, and it was the hardest thing I've ever done, but I did choose it. Many of you are home, and you didn't choose it, and you have a job, and you're just trying to make ends meet. And for that, I want to applaud you. I want to tell you that in this challenge that you are facing right now, I believe that God would say to you the same thing that he would say to Moses. He's going to say, I am. I am with you. What does that actually mean? Because it's just really two words, I am. Here's what I know. The Israelites didn't understand who God was. I don't think we truly understand who God is either. Even though we have the Bible, every day I'm learning new things about who God is. This is what I am means. It means that I am whatever you need and whatever moment that you are experiencing, I will be what you need in that moment. I have been there for you. I am currently here for you and I will always be there for you. So right now, do you need peace? God will be your peace. Do you need hope? God will be your hope. Do you need someone to tell you, you can do this just every day, morning by morning, just like I took one step and one breath to get up that mountain? Maybe you just need to wake up every morning and to just do every day and then go to sleep at night and say, I did my best, God. It's now all up to you. Look, here's the thing. Jesus didn't promise that we wouldn't struggle while we're here on earth. It's obvious right now that that's the truth. But he did promise that he would be with us. And he sent the Holy Spirit to be our counselor, our guide, and our comforter for every situation in which we believe that God isn't there for us. He is. Any circumstance that comes our way, he is saying to you, I am. Am. I haven't left you. I am present. I am listening. You can complain to me. You can worship. 
You can love me. You can be scared with me. I'm not intimidated by anything that you bring to me. I am here for you. So, moms and Moses, that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about what we have in common with Moses. And I think the two biggest things are, we may not feel like we have the experience to do what it is we've been given today, but God says, I am. And the second thing is, we may not feel like we have the energy to do what we've been given to do today. But God will say to you, I am your peace, I am your rest. So New Hope Church, I hope this message has been encouraging to you. And possibly your house feels a little reckless right now and you need to feel like God's love is gonna pour into your home. We're gonna end today's message with one of my favorite worship songs, Reckless Love. So just get ready to worship Jesus and give him whatever you need in this moment.